before we get started, just a, a quick message from me, Amberly. Uh, if you can hear Christmas music in the background, it's it's because you can hear it. Yeah, I'm in a store, but it fits for this week's theme. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I have a web series out called Relationship, spelt like relationship except replace the I with double E's. It's about a man-sheep hybrid fixing a relationship. If that's something you're into, uh, then please check it out on the old YouTube and enjoy the episode. First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing. What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Welcome to our Christmas episode. We have... Eggnog and, and presents, presents and facts for your brain ears. And, and ears. That was improvised. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas episode. Uh, all of our facts are about Christmas. Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. And a bottle of rum. On something, something amazing. amazing. Hello. Hello. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, what's that? Is it uh, the Christmas episode? It sure is. The Christmas episode. A jing, jing, jing. <laughs> Welcome to Something Amazing, our final Something Amazing for 2017. And our most Christmassy of them yet. Yes, we decided to theme it up. We love a theme. We do love a theme. This year we've been <laughs> sick for themes. We've had the octopus episode. We went nuts for themes. Oh, we're forgetting the most important thing that we ever did. What's that, Matt Saracini? The Pooisode. Oh, the Pooisode, of course. So, but this is not that. This is the Christmas episode. All our... This is much more family friendly. All our facts, tidbits, Although stories. Although one of my facts, a little bit pooey. Okay. Just a look, teaser. Look forward to that. <laughs> All of our facts, stories, tidbits, uh, of course... Matt Saracini, yes. stop with the banter. No, I, I have so many facts. <laughs> We can waste no more time. This isn't banter. This is just a solid explanation of what nope. this show is. N- none, Please. Having none of it. Allow me that. <laughs> Don't be the Grinch that stole the show explanation. Because of that, I'll allow you to go forward. So, but no banter. All of our stories, facts, tidbits, they will all be, of course, something amazing. amazing. Oh, I already almost missed it. <laughs> but also, they will all be themed Christmas, Yuletide. I have so many. I'm bursting out the stockings here <laughs> with facts. All right, go, Amberly Carl. Okay, how many presents would do you reckon there is in the 12 days of Christmas? 12. No? Oh, because you get 12 things on one day? Yeah, and then 11 things the next day, 10 things the next day, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Can I do this with a calculator? Just guess. 102. It's 364, so it's nearly uh, presents one for every day of the year. And they're basically all birds. <laughs> Wait, so if you go 12 plus 11 plus 10 plus 9, plus yep. it, that makes... 364. That doesn't seem to add up to me. Let's get a calculator. That's what they said. Is there other verses? On the first day of... But maybe is it like, have any of them got pears? Because, I mean, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Is the partridge is that- and the pear tree separate or are they one gift? Oh, no, because if you think about it, every day they get their presents again. 
So it's like on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the the two two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. So then you're getting three. So it keeps adding up. Because 12 plus 11 plus 10 plus 11 all the way to one is only 78. No, but what you have to do is you have to keep adding them up every day. So on the last day, you're getting like... You're getting 78 on the last day. Yeah. But before that, you've got all of the others. So the first day you have to be like one partridge for every 12 days. So that's 12. Then you're going to have two doves for every 11 days. So that's 22. Then you're going to have three hens for every 10 days. (laughs) 30. Okay. Okay. I believe you. So you're going to get a lot of presents. It's good bang for your buck. Yes, absolutely. Not that I'd want any of those presents. No, they're all It's not even like... Four little puppies. None of that. None two of that. Two Nintendo Switches. That'd be good. That'd be. Why would you need two? One for each room. Do you have two rooms? Yep. <laughs> My bedroom and a living room. All right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But also, the, can't you move the Switch any way you want? Isn't that the great... This episode has been sponsored by Nintendo Switch. I Take your games any way you like. I wish it was. Then we could have some Nintendo Switches for free. Okay, one more just fun fact, and then you do a fact, and then I'm doing the best fact ever after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so artificial Christmas trees were invented by a British toilet brush company in the 1930s. The company used the same machinery and bristles they used to make their toilet brushes. And if you think about it, you'd be like, yeah, if you were stuck, this would work. (laughs) My Christmas facts, well, they're all stories and they're all connected by a Christmas theme. Is the theme Christmas? Uh, A a secondary theme. Whoa. As well as Christmas. Inception themes. Yeah, there's double themed. It's like when you're in a Word document and you do a bullet point and then you press tab and it comes at other bullet point that's not filled in. This is an interesting. Yeah, true. Um, okay. World War One On Classic. Christmas Day, 1914, hundreds of troops who had spent months watching their friends die in the most horrific ways imaginable spontaneously threw down their weapons and stopped fighting. On, For Christmas? On Christmas Day. That's sweet. No orders from above, no formal truce, just a thousand or more just soldiers who were sick. Yeah. Of killing each other. Yeah. I can imagine it, would, it wouldn't be the best fun. Determined not to let this one day, this one magical day, be as utterly miserable as the others. And so uh, they all came out of the trenches and started trading stories and mm-hmm. gifts and songs. I'll read a little bit from one of the letters uh, that Lance Corporal R.S. Coulson... That's such an old-timey name. Yeah, of the London Rifle Brigade, even more old-timey job. uh, This is what he wrote to his mother. First of all, I must describe in detail what will, I believe, live in history as one of the most remarkable incidents of the war. On Christmas Eve at about 4pm, we were in a line of advanced trenches waiting to be relieved directly. It was dark and we heard singing and shouting coming from other trenches. German and English officers had exchanged compliments and agreed on a truce and then started giving each other a concert. We all sung every song we could think of. A bonfire was lit and everybody walked as though it was a picnic. So then on the Christmas Day, they all came out. They gave each other presents, cigarettes, um, had a footy match, uh, which I guess is soccer because it's London. And then they were also allowed to like kind of remove all these piles of bodies and kind of clear the trenches and stuff like that, which previously had yeah, been piling, being, piling on up. Yeah, being shot, shot at. So uh, that was the great Christmas truce of World War One. That's lovely. Isn't it nice? I like also that they sang every song they could think of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. There must be another song. Think Quick. of something else. Okay, it's either that or we start fighting again. Think of some songs. <laughs> 
that's really lovely. Yeah. And I like that it just happened spontaneously as well. I know. I know. No orders from above just happened. Maybe we should just not have wars at all and that, just have Christmas. That would be great. I love that idea. Yeah. Quite frankly. Should we tell more people about it? Yeah, let's write to everyone. <laughs> or just put this podcast far and wide. Sure, this podcast will do it. Uh, anyway, give me the best Christmas story okay. of all time. This isn't my last one, but it surely is my best. I did mention I was going to have a bit of a pooey fact. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> okay. There is a pill called Father Christmas that makes your farts smell like chocolate. No. The pills were invented by Christian Poincheville, a 65-year-old Santa Claus lookalike from the village of Gesvres. Yeah. They're sold online and the pills retail for about twelve fifty a jar with 60 pills that offer the added benefits of reducing bloating and gas. Is it good for you? According to Poincheville, the idea of the fart pills came from an embarrassing situation after a night out with friends. They're enjoying a meal and unfortunately could not control their farts um so (laughs) he started researching afterwards focusing on natural ingredients to keep flatulence at bay and then he found that like oh when you eat vegetables you get vegetable smelling farts uh similar to what a cow pat would smell like and when you eat meat farts take a deadly turn (laughs) so he consulted with a scientist and after months of experimenting he finally zeroed in on the recipe for pills and started selling them in 2006 for the chocolate uh fart pills the ingredients include bilberry, plant resin, seaweed, vegetable coal, and cacao zest. Uh, and aside from the chocolate aroma, there's also rose scented for Valentine's Day. Uh, and there's even ones for dogs. Uh, <laughs> and I looked on the site because I was like, I want these, but it was kind of confusing. And I knew because I wanted to get them for you, but I knew they wouldn't come in time. But you can go online and buy these these if pills. If you had got that for me, Christmas. I would have been so yeah, happy. It would have been cool. And I would have got some for my myself too i'd just be so interested do you think like um fetish porn stars use them no i don't know that i don't watch the videos you watch i think (laughs) it's not me admitting that i watch them but okay remember like two girls one cup i never i've never watched that okay don't i never will so there is stuff like that out there yeah but i guess it's just like a really concentrated form of cocoa so then it's in your digestive system and and then gives that sweet aroma smell like that i once had this thing called a miracle berry and it's like oh i've heard of those and they make sour things taste sweet yeah i've got one upstairs if you want to try it oh definitely so what it does is you put it uh on your tongue and kind of like leave it on your tongue for a while and does something weird to your taste buds and it, it just changes flavours. Like, for example, you eat a lemon and it tastes like the sweetest lolly you've ever eaten. That's so, so cool. So you can just, like, munch on a lemon and go, yum, 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 delicious. Yeah. And it, you look like a total weirdo. Although I do like eating lemons as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you can – I noticed I had, like, a cheese and tomato pizza. Mm-hmm. And so some things it doesn't change the flavour of but makes a cheese taste – the only way I can describe it is super cheesy. Right. And the tomato tastes super tomato So it just, like, enhances the flavours. Yeah, and some things it just straight out flips over as well. Um, right. Things like wine. Like Did it I, ruin anything? Did uh, anything taste worse? No, no. If it tastes good, if something tastes good, it tastes extra strong. Right. something tastes sour, it tastes super sweet. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest things I did was take... Um, some really off wine, like it had completely turned yeah. in the sun and it tasted like this delicious grenadine drink. No, it was so weird. I'm sure that's not good for you. No, it's 
It's weird. Yeah, it's called Miracle Berry. I've got some. Cool. We'll, we'll try it out Did later. Did you get that online? Yeah. Yeah, it's only like 20 bucks for a packet. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll have to go get some fart, all these fart ones as well and do an <laughs> experiment. Absolutely. Okay, here are just some quick facts. Hit me. Have you ever heard of Christmas stockings? I have. So, they originate from a St. Nicholas story. Uh, he was trying to help a poor family by throwing gold into their house down the chimney and it happened to land into some like, lady stockings. Ooh. So, now we have Christmas stockings. The lady took off her stockings? Well, maybe her, her, they were like uh, hanging up to, to dry. dry. Gotcha. Yeah, next to the fire or something. Yeah, and so St. Nick is like, here you go, have, have some gold. Have some gold, and then, oh, receptacle for gold, stocking. So that's like the opposite of coal. Bad kids get coal, good wives get... Get gold. Get gold in their stockings. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're both pretty valuable these days. I know. Next. Uh, in Germany, there is a tradition of the Christmas spider. Who's- I hate spiders. Oh, yeah, you hate spiders. I hate spiders. Well, let me let me ruin something else for you then. Okay. Whose webs on the Christmas tree were turned by Santa or Jesus, depending on the story, into <laughs> silver, which is most likely the origin of tinsel. Oh, I hate spiders. Do you hate tinsel now? Do you like spiders? Yeah. What? Like them? Yep. I like all animals. Okay, if we ever have a spider whilst we're recording this podcast, you'll have deal to remove with it. it. And I will I will always like give it a little little home outside, I'll never kill it. Oh, you hold it. Oh, I can't touch a spider. Well, it can't, it's not gonna hurt you. What about snakes? Have you seen how much bigger you are than a spider? Do you like snakes? Yep. Do you like cockroaches? When I was a kid, cockroaches were my favourite animal. Not anymore. This is a stunning insight into Amberley <laughs> at primary school. But I think it was because it was no one else's favourite animal, so I wanted to be special. Right. <laughs> Making friends with the loners. Yep. But they'll last forever. Oh, they will. They'll outlast a nuclear winter. Yep. Which we won't have any of because of this podcast. Great. So, uh, okay, last fact before I go on back onto you. Yeah. So, funny, you mentioned the uh, soldiers singing carols. You think that's a sweet, wholesome Christian thing to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason caroling is traditionally done outside is because many carols <laughs> were based on pagan songs and fertility dances. So, in medieval times, they were banned from being performed inside the church. Put them out. So now, Put like, them out on the street. Now we all go out on the street and we're like, oh, look at this wholesome thing. But really, it's like fertility dances and paganism. When you grew up as a kid, did you have carolers? Yeah, we used to have to do it. You did it? Yeah. You performed the carols? Yeah. I remember we used to have to do it in like the, the streets. <laughs> and um, we had like a little tape deck and we'd sing the carols. Was this like a church thing or a school thing? It was a, my dance school did it. Did you dance? No, we sang. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> I think, like, caroling in Australia would be nice because it would be a hot summer's night. Yeah. We're doing it in anywhere in the northern I hemisphere. used to always be a part of the Christmas nativity in the city in Perth as well. Who would you play? Uh, like, uh, Shepherd Girl number 17. Yeah, I see. <laughs> At least you got a human character. Yeah. Okay, my next fact. Yeah. Uh, you haven't guessed the theme yet, by the way. War. Man falls 47 stories and wakes up on Christmas Day. When did he fall? Uh, 2007, off the Solo Tower in New York City. But wh- no, but like, when did he fall to when did he wake up? Oh, because he was in a coma for 18 days. Anyway, yeah. Alcides and Edgar Marino were working as window washers at the Solo Tower in 2007 in New York City. <gasps> when- did he fall from being a window washer? Yeah. Because I always feel so worried for those guys. And I'm like, no, I'm sure no one has ever fallen down before. Well, but they 
have. Their scaffolding suddenly collapsed and the brothers plunged 47 no, stories that's down. that's terrifying. Edgar, unfortunately, was killed instantly, but Alcides not only survived the fall, but was sitting up when paramedics arrived. Whoa. Was he, like, sitting on the thing and then fell in, like, a seated position all the way down and then as he fell, he was also sitting up? So, no one is really sure how Alcides survived the accident, including the doctors. Wow. Um, 50% of people who fall four to five stories die. By the time you reach 10 or 11 stories, just about 100% of people die. However... This is not 10 or 11 stories. This is 47 stories. I know your theme. So what happened, what they think happened was uh, the platform that he was on, Alcides clung to it like a surfboard, skated it down. That's Mission Impossible. It created wind resistance that aided perhaps by a random air current right. that was rising between the buildings, that which slowed him down. It also blunted the force of him crashing into the concrete alley below. Um, he wasn't in a great way. He spent 18 days in hospital in a coma. He received 24 pints of blood and 19 pints Oof. of plasma. That's enough to replace all the blood in his body yeah. twice. Oh, my God. He underwent 16 surgeries whilst Jeez in the coma. Ten broken bones, collapsed lungs, damaged kidneys, blood clots in the brain, among other injuries. So, he woke up on Christmas Day. Like, what a Christmas miracle. Um, And apparently everyone along the way was like, do you think we're just wasting our time here? And everyone's like, yeah, let's keep bumping him full of blood. (laughs) See what happens. Christmas is just around the corner. Oh, but there's this child who also would love the blood. (laughs) So, you think, how do you think our CD is at the end of all this? Well, based on the fact you're telling me the story, I don't think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a happy ending. Probably crippled for life, right? That's what you'd think. No, not only did Alcides learn to walk again, but in the last year, he completed a 4.8-kilometre walk for charity. Wow. Your theme is Christmas miracles? Yes, correct. (laughs) Christmas miracles. Real life Christmas miracles. That's cool. And I shouldn't have said Christmas miracle while saying that story. But I'd already figured it out by then. And then when he said Christmas miracles, it almost threw me off because I was like, he wouldn't say the theme out loud. No, I'm an idiot. I did. (laughs) Uh, Okay, over to you, Emily Cup. Queen Elizabeth I created gingerbread men. Uh, They were served only to important guests and modelled to look like them. What, the royal family? No, important guests. Oh, the guests. Yeah. (laughs) That's a bit weird. Here's a version of you that is edible. Eat it. Really? It's like, we have a moustache. This cookie has a (laughs) moustache. We do that with gingerbread men now. Enjoy. So we were talking about how the cranberries wouldn't rot because of the cold. Yes. So in some cities, to prevent people stealing Christmas trees, they spray the trees with fox urine so it freezes and you can't smell it and then when you take it home and it thaws out apparently it is mind-blowing the smell mind-blowingly bad or mind-blowing yes. okay not like no. oh my You're god not like, oh, fox great. urine i love it did you have real or fake christmas trees growing fake up? christmas trees we're in australia we had real christmas trees what were you but rich i guess we were middle class privilege but okay. i wouldn't say we were rich because we i didn't know anyone pool. who had real christmas trees yeah it wasn't like a conifer like you see on um like Christmas movies mm. in the America, it was a Australian pine, I oh, guess, yeah. and the way that it splayed its branches really led itself to Christmas decorations. Right. But as a kid, we hated it because 
all of our friends would have these luscious, right. fake, bushy <laughs> Christmas trees. And, and our, you had like a Charlie Brown Christmas. And it would be dying. Yeah. And all the needles would be falling to the ground. <laughs> and like the little bauble you'd made in like prep would just like fall and smash. Yeah. Also, all the decorations that you'd made as a kid, which I hated now, mum would not throw out. Yeah. And they just kept going on the Christmas tree. <laughs> Do you like Christmas? I love Christmas. Yeah, of course I love Christmas. Yeah, of course you love Christmas. I How love- about you? Were you a big Christmas family? Um, yeah, and we'd do all the weird ritual stuff, like we'd leave food out for the reindeers. Yeah, classic. Cookies out for Santa. And milk. Yeah, and milk. <laughs> and then we just our minds would be blown in the morning. Yeah. Half the carrot was gone. The cookie had disappeared. There was a few crumbs leading outside. Yeah, he can't eat all of it. He has to go to every single house. Yeah, he had to just kind of eat and run. But yeah. I'm glad he always picked our food. Yeah, is- and, like, we never had a chimney. <laughs> How was he getting in? <laughs> <laughs> Front door, I guess. I guess, Leave yeah. Leave a key under the mat. It, yeah. <laughs> One of my friends, his family... He had the Boney M Christmas <gasps> yeah, album. Yeah, I was listening to that the other day. Which, which is amazing. And then my girlfriend, Jill, her family had the, a very mumbo Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Which she was absolutely convinced was by Lou Bega. <laughs> but no, it's like one of those uh, cover bands in New yeah. York or whatever who, who just do it in the style of Lou Bega. <laughs> and, and they do all the Christmas songs, but in a mumbo flavor. And it's yeah, all yeah. about like a present for Monica, a present oh for Julie. Oh my goodness! Uh, what? And then, <laughs> and then for years they tried to find the Christmas album and they could not find it on Spotify, yeah. YouTube. Just it, it did not exist. Yeah, probably because it was some from some five dollar so bargain obscure, bin. Yeah. And in the end, her dad found it in the bottom of a box and uploaded it to the family Dropbox. Great. A very mumbo Christmas. <laughs> I think I think the one mum has is like a So Fresh Christmas album. Oh. Yeah. So it's like it's um, famous singers singing your, your favourite uh, hits. But there were some that, that were like, oh, hey, Christmas. And you're like, what are Who, you doing? why is anyone listening to this? <laughs> What's the best Christmas song? Everyone knows the best Christmas song is... Wham, Last Christmas. No, I was going to say the one that's like... The Home Alone one. <laughs> no, the Chestnuts Roasting on the Fire, that one. That's the best I one. think Good King Wenceslas is a really no, great tune. that's a sucky Good one. Good King Wenceslas, last looked out Nobody wants on that one. the feast of Stevens. No, thank you. <laughs> have you ever heard of the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I have, yes. Are you aware of the Great Depression? I am aware of it, it was yes. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> During the Great Depression, the manager of Montgomery Ward Store in Chicago decided that a Christmas-themed children's book would help boost sales so he got a copywriter in the ad department and um they they asked him to write this novel and he was like like he wanted to be a novelist so he like jumped at the the occasion yes my dreams are coming true all i'm doing is running dumb ads in the depression so it's like a big happy story right yeah uh, but then his wife died of cancer like a few months into writing uh, it, writing it. Mm. um and so Bleak. the manager was like hey don't worry about writing this happy children's story. Clearly, it's going to be hard for you. But May refused, and he decided if anyone could guide him out of his crippling depression, it was Rudolph. So the book was this huge success and sold 2 million copies. Um, But May 
Didn't see a dime of that. Oh, no, because uh, he worked for the employer. Yeah. They didn't see a dime of it. Well, hang on. There's a bit of a happy ending. Thank uh, God. <laughs> so, uh, after World War II, uh, middle-aged May was finally given the rights to his creation by the store's new CEO, uh, and then he convinced his brother-in-law to write an original song based on the story. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You got it. And then the song was picked up by Gene Autry and turned into a massive hit. And then who turned it into the great kids version that's all about, like, Stinky farts and things. I think that was my primary school. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Oh, wow. We had lots of bits. Rockingham Primary School. I'm not saying where my primary school was. Where was your primary? Why won't you say? That's I weird. I don't know. That you it is say. weird that I'm not saying. It feels like you don't tell where people's, people go to primary school, but that's because they're in primary school. Yeah. I went to Mommy in primary school. All right, quick, get in a time machine and see young Amberly. She's, she's pretty great. She's pretty weird. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Okay, so my final Christmas miracle. Right. Right. This is my favourite too. We've deciphered the theme. Now let's bring it home. Okay, so there was a five-year-old girl. Her name was Helen Rees Cardenas. And she came from a poor family. And uh, the mum was having a bit of trouble affording Christmas presents Mm -hmm. uh, for the family this year. So... Uh, the girl does what most little girls do at Christmas time and writes a letter letter to Santa. Santa. Uh, And a tradition of the mum growing up was that they would attach those letters to a balloon and send it up to the North Pole. Right. That's not very good for the little little birds, little seabirds. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately... Uh, the letter didn't quite make it to the North Did Pole. Did it make it into the belly of an unsuspecting seabird? Uh, fortunately not. Oh, good. It made about 700-mile journey uh, to a ranch in California, and a lady called Julie Sanders and her son discovered it. At the time, it was just a scrap of paper and a couple of balloons next to it. I'm sure they were pretty deflated by then. They'd be pretty sad-looking balloons. So the letter was actually written in uh, Spanish, and... She could tell it was a Christmas list, but she didn't quite know what it said. So she gave it to one of the ranch hands. What, what year is this in? Uh, about 2011. So, okay. yeah, it's in it quite so, recently. So, like, you can use Google Translate at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. No, ranch hand, much easier. <laughs> uh, so, ranch hand uh, translated it and oh, said, right. hey, this is a, a, a Christmas letter. Uh, she's asking for a doll, some pants and boots. Just And the, the mum was like, there's nothing really materialistic in this list. I think it's come from a poor family. And I am going to help this family in need. So, oh, uh, wow, because there wouldn't be like, was there an address on it or anything? Well, I guess there would because if you're addressing oh, it to Santa, Santa, Santa needs to know to, yeah. where, where to go and drop the presents. Uh, so Julie did some searching, got on the phone, called up the family. She found out that the mother is injured and the father had struggled to find work all year. And so Julie Sanders, kind-hearted Julie Sanders, went to the shop and bought Helen some outfits and toys. She dressed the package from Santa, sent it special delivery so it could be under the Christmas tree in time for Christmas. Yeah. And then uh, the girl wakes up, Christmas Day, presents all there from Santa. That's so sweet. Uh, And the situation was was fixed. Well, but (laughs) I feel like she'd have to do it every year then. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just do that one year. I oh, know, and you imagine if the kid is just constantly sending off letters into the sky. Yeah, and like all these birds are dying. Santa did it once. 
Um, well, my, you really managed to bring down that sorry. very that Christmas miracle, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, killing birds. She's it's going to ruin her next year. But listen to this ad story. My, what was the thing you said? Bubbles, not balloons. Yeah, <laughs> my nana was really poor when she was growing up. She didn't even have electricity. Yeah, and so um, for Christmas they'd get like an orange, and that was a huge deal. Um, and she she was like one of six children, so she um, she never had anything of her own. Here's your Christmas orange. Yeah, I mean, but then your Christmas orange, it doesn't last, you no, know? No, no, no. Um, so she had an auntie who promised her that she'd give her a purse and she was like, wait for, wait in the mail, come to the letterbox, there's going to be a purse for you. And my nana went out to the letterbox every day for months and the purse never came. I think the auntie just forgot about it, even though it was like my nana's whole world. Oh my, and your nana's never forgotten about it either. Well, now my nana, she just never ever wants presents. She doesn't want anything for herself. She's she like the most selfless person. Yeah, because I, she grew up not having anything and like being like, no, I, I shouldn't have things. Oh. I know it's so sad. My my grandma was similar. Like, I think it's good, like depression era grandparents, yeah. right? Uh, and she'd always keep the sticky tape in the fridge because she didn't want it to go off. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one is very ambly. I thought I had to throw in a bit of an ambly one. Uh, so people in Germany donate their Christmas trees to elephants in the zoos. So after Christmas, they get their real trees, obviously, not the plastic ones, the ones and they give have. them to a zoo, and the the elephants love it. The elephants can eat up to three trees per day, and they also use them to keep their teeth clean. And the Christmas tree treats have become <laughs> a tradition at, oh, I never know how to say this. Is it that one? Cologne. Is, but I know it's Cologne when it's Cologne, but when it's the... French town. The German town. It's like, it's different, I think. Is anyway, okay. at that zoo, according to the zoo's directors, and some llamas also get into the party as well. Ah. So I thought that was sweet. Yep. And this is my last one. Okay, because we've got to do Christmas presents. Yeah! we got, got each Christmas other Christmas presents. presents. Which is so nice, because it's like... I got you a present. I got you a present. Great, let's do it on the podcast. We were going to do a joke that was like, I got you a present, and Uh, then the other one hadn't got one, and then they just had to sit there. But then we were like, what? Let's not do that. Last fact for 2017. Last fact for 2017. Dude, have you ever heard of the book uh, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee? Yeah, we read it. So, struggling young Harper Lee once received one year's wages as a gift from a friend with the note, you have one year off from your job to write whatever you please, Merry Christmas, and she used her time off to write... To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. The story of Atticus Finch. Yeah, because you'd think this like someone gave you a whole year's wage. Yeah. And like, be like, go write something. You would write the worst thing ever. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, oh, I feel I, so much pressure. It's on a holiday. But she wrote something really great. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. All of our facts today. Thank you, Emily Cole. Christmas amazing. Merry Christmas. Okay. Okay. Who are we going to do presents first? Oh, I get so nervous about presents. Why? I don't know. Why? Okay, I'll give you mine first. Okay, uh, so, Matt is giving me a present in a gift bag, and if you look closely at the card, uh, it's a gift bag I gifted to his girlfriend. Yeah, dear Jill, love Emily and J-Town, so <laughs> here we go. Um, so I try to combine s- some themes of the podcast. Okay, what some- if we've got each other the same thing? That would be amazing. <laughs> I try to combine some themes of the podcast with something that I know you love to do. Okay, ooh. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So, it's a geeky <laughs> drinking mug. Yep. M- uh, mug. It's got pie on it, and the pie is made of pie, and I'm guessing because I love to drink tea. Yes. Yay! Amazing! Because you always come over to drink a cup of tea before yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I always steal your tea. Yeah, and so I was like, well, Emily obviously and loves tea. it's got tea. the whole of pie on it. And we talked about pie 
heaps of times on this podcast. In fact, it's my reason that we're not in a simulation. Is pie. Is pie. So there you go. And then we have uh, listener Luke who can who can recite pie. And now if you just look closely, you'll be able to recite it to a lot of places. Do you, do you want me to do some? Yeah. Uh, of course I do. 3.141596... Five three five eight nine seven nine three two three. Cool. Ah, uh, thank six, you, Emily. Two. Now my present. Your present. Okay, I tried to um, make you something. Yeah. And then I tried to give you something that would go along with the themes of the podcast. Okay. So there's two things. There's in there. two things. Okay. One is wrapped. One is not. Which one's the thing you made me? The one that's not wrapped. Okay. Well, let's start there then. It's a candle. I made it for you, and I made it the smell you like. What smell is that? Vanilla. Oh my god, that is so good. Yeah, I did a good job at that. That smells it. wicked. Thanks. Thank you, Emily. Because remember last week, I was like, "What's your favorite smell?" And you were <laughs> yeah. like, "Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla." That smell. That is like an ice cream. That's delicious. Thank you. No problem. Um, I'm gonna put that in the toilet. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have those Father Christmas feel. <laughs> F- it's Father Christmas, but they oh. should be called Father Christmas. Okay, all right. We should call up whatever his name was, Poinchevros. So this is related to the podcast. It's yeah. wrap present. I, I did a good job wrapping, but also it's a cube, so it's like the easiest thing to wrap. What's the hardest thing to wrap? A circle mm. uh, that you would be able to Ooh. measure through pie. You okay. can rip it, rip okay. it. Okay. What's... And what if you're one of you? No. What are you, a middle-aged lady? Oh, I reuse that bag for your presents. Yeah, but so. nobody rips a bag. Cubot. <laughs> What's Cubot? I think it's like a Rubik's Cube, but if you do it in the right way, it becomes a robot. Oh, my God. A robot-themed present. You have nailed my personality <laughs> perfectly. A wooden puzzle with a playful personality. Hey. So it's like a puzzle and a robot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> tick, tick. Merry Christmas, Emily. Merry Christmas, Matt Saracini. Merry Christmas, one and all. To, I, I, oh, sorry, keep going. To all our listeners, <laughs> I hope you have much joy over and yuletide cheer over this, the December month. I recommend you have a great Christmas. Oh, yes, recommend. Well, and I recommend that you, you just relax, have a good time with family. Um, tell them any and oh, you know what what what's good for family times? Sharing podcasts and facts, sharing a bunch of facts. <laughs> yeah, so so like just listen over all of our old ones just to get really ready to, yeah. to visit the fam. Play the play an episode of the podcast to the family. Instead of so fresh Christmas hits or mumbo Christmas, yeah, just get us something amazing Christmas episode on. Uh, open your presents to this. <laughs> um, you know what I recommend doing what? At Christmas? What doing something nice to some someone else? Yeah, for example, leaving a five star review on our podcast. That would be so nice. That would be so nice. How charitable. Merry Christmas to us. Uh, That's it. So that's Merry Christmas from Something Something Amazing. Amazing. Nailed it.